It's a privilege to be back with you this evening. We are going to study tonight Revelation chapter 14, verses 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. And we are going to do this in order to get a picture of those who are going to share the three angels' messages. I don't know if you have been to some places or maybe even to some churches where you, you walk in and you wonder if it's a Seventh-day Adventist church or if it is a Sadventist church. Have you ever been there? My friends, you and I need to be some of the most happy people in this entire world. What would you say? It's, it's uh, our study. Let's, let's pray and we're going to go right to Revelation 14. And we're going to begin to pull out these ideas in these five verses. So please pray with me. Father in heaven, here we are closing the Sabbath. What a wonderful day, Lord. The weather was incredible here. The, the, the canoeing, the walking around, the, the walking in the creek. Lord, we want to thank you for giving us a day where we can come apart just to be with you. Bless us as we close this sacred time with you, Lord. And prepare our hearts for the challenges we will meet between now and next Sabbath. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. So let's open our Bibles to the book of the Revelation, Revelation, the 14th chapter. Now, we as Seventh-day Adventists are very, very familiar with everything that takes place from verse 6 up to verse 12. There are verses after verse 12, but we're going to focus on the verses that are before verse 12. So here we are, Revelation chapter 14, verses 1 through 5. We will read through it all, then we will come back and pick out just the parts that I think are significant for us to find the characteristics of those that share the three angels' messages. So the Word of God reads like this. Revelation 14, 1, and I looked, remember that word looked, that will be very important, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Sion, and with him an hundred and forty and four thousand, having his father's name written in their foreheads, verse 2, and I heard a voice from heaven, remember that word heard a voice from heaven, as the voice of many waters. You know, I've been thinking about this. I'm going to pause right here. This voice of many waters. We always say that Jesus can speak many languages. Isn't that true? We say that God can speak all different languages. I wonder if that is why John hears a voice as many waters, which is symbolic of people, multitudes, nations, and languages. I don't know. It's just a cool thought to me anyway. He says, I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters and as the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. That's a little harpful, isn't it? Verse 3 says, and they sung, as it were, a new song. Remember that verb, sung or sang a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders and no man could learn that song but the hundred and forty and four thousand which were redeemed from the earth. Verse 4, these are they which were not defiled with women, for they are 
virgins. We are going to focus on that phrase, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among, among men, being the first fruits unto God and to the Lamb. Verse 5 goes on to say, And in their mouth was found no guile. We will be focusing on that in their mouth was found no guile. For they are without fault before the throne of God. Here you and I are studying these characteristics of those that are going to take the three angels' message and spread it throughout the entire world. The interesting thing here in verse 1, Revelation chapter 14 and verse 1, let's read it one more time. He says, and I looked and lo, a what? Now this word looked, if you and I were to look it up, every pun intended, in the original language, we would find this word idu, which means to see, to know, and to understand. So here is John in Revelation 14 verse 1, and he says, And I looked, I knew, I beheld, I understood the what? I understood the Lamb. John says, those that share this three angels message understand the Lamb. Now let's just get a little bit of this from John's perspective. Let's go all the way back. Let's take Revelation 14.1, which is right here. We're going to slide that over to this side of the platform. We'll pull the drawer back in just a minute. And let's go, in John's mind, let's go back to when John met Jesus for the first time. Now, this may get a little confusing because there are two Johns in the passage that we are going to look at. We are going to call one John JB. That will be for John the Baptist, that's right. And then we'll just call the other John John. That's the one who authored this under the inspiration of the Spirit of God. Go with me to John chapter 1. And here we are in Revelation 14 verse 1. John says, and I looked... And behold, I, I looked, I understood, I knew, I saw a lamb. Now go with me. It's interesting. John uses, in the New Testament, the word lamb is used to refer to Christ 33 times. John, Luke uses it once. Peter uses it once. And John uses it 31 times. Of those 31 times, 30 times John uses it to refer to Jesus Christ. Quite amazing. John was fascinated by the Lamb. And here he is in Revelation 14.1. And he says, and I looked and I knew, I understood, I saw a Lamb. You're in John chapter 1. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the first chapter. And it says this in John chapter 1. We went over this a little this morning. In verse 29, it says, the next day... J.B. seeth Jesus coming. That's John the Baptist, you understand. The next day, John the Baptist seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the what? I mean, just put yourself in the position of John, who is beside John the Baptist, when John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God of God. That would have been significant enough. Then J.B. goes on to say that taketh away the sin 
of the world in Revelation 14.1 when John the Revelator says, I understood the Lamb. He is telling us, I knew the man. I had a personal relationship with a man that takes away the sin of the world. First characteristic that you and I find in those that are able to share the three angels' messages is that they understand the sacrifice of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. Not only that, in John's mind, John also was at the foot of the cross and Jesus, in his pain, looks in compassion on his mother and gives his mother to John the revelator, John the disciple. John would call himself the beloved. The one who Jesus loved. John understood that those that share this three angels message not only understand and know the depth of the sacrifice of the Son of God, but that they understand His compassion. Dear heart, if you and I understood the compassion of God in a deeper sense, we would be very cautious as to how we judge and condemn other people. If we even understood that with the condemnation or with the judgment that we meet out to others, God is going to carry our own standard against us. You and I must understand not only the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, but you and I must also understand the compassion and the long-suffering and the depth of the love of Jesus. Dear friends, you and I learned this morning in the morning devotional that Jesus, who didn't think it a loss at all to leave heaven, humbled himself himself and came in the likeness of a man and gave his life for us so that we could live eternally with him. Jesus gave his life for every human being on the face of this planet. And who are we to condemn that individual? Now God has given each one of us discernment. Discernment does not mean that we need to condemn. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. John looked and John beheld the Lamb. Those who are followers of God will understand that what Jesus did to save them. So what we are going to do now is we are going to take this drawer and we're going to pull it back over here. And what verse am I pulling back over here? Revelation 14.1. So you and I are now going to step into Revelation 14 verse 2. Let's go there. The Revelation, the last book of your Bible. You know, you and I may want to keep a, a marker there. Um, I would keep my finger there, but uh, my whole body moves when I preach, so I've just got to put a marker right there, right? So here we are, Revelation 14 and verse 2. We know this already, that those that share the three angels' messages understand the Lamb. They know the depth of His mercy. They know the depth of His compassion. They understand that He is the one that takes away the sin of the world. Verse 2, and then it says this, And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters and as the voice of a great thunder. John says here, not only did I see, know, and understand the Lamb, but I heard a voice. How long has it been since you heard the voice of God? John heard it. John experienced it. 
John had a relationship with Jesus such that John could put his head on the chest of Jesus and not feel awkward at all. Some of you have children. You know what it's like when, when your child comes up. Just right during this concert this eve, this afternoon, my daughter was sitting right next to me, and, you know, she's just doing her I'm an 11-year-old kind of thing and, and listening and, and doing her best to stay awake because, you know, she, she ate a big lunch like Papa did, so he was trying to stay awake as well. And then she laid her head on my shoulder. And all this fatherly affection just woke up and I was like, wow, this is nice. John understood the lamb and John knew the voice of God. Turn with me in your Bibles back to John. We're going to go to John the 10th chapter. If it's not the right chapter, then I'll just do my best to remember what I wanted to say here. John the 10th chapter, yes, and verse 16, hallelujah. I don't know if you're ever preaching and the Lord says, hey, you need to go somewhere and you get there and you're like, Lord, where are we going now? Well, here we are, John chapter 10 and verse 16. These are the words of Jesus. And Jesus says, other sheep have I which are not of this fold. That's a sermon in and of itself. Them also I must bring and they shall hear my what? They shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Jesus said that there are individuals that will know his voice. Just the other day, did I tell you about Miss D? Miss D, if you are watching online, you are just going to have to forgive me for this. Miss D just joined our church last Sabbath by profession of faith. And uh, before Miss D did that, this is another one of those lifestyle stories, you understand. Uh, lots of evangelist stories come from the lifestyle change that people make. And so Miss D said, uh, Pastor Scott, you know, I turned in one of those, those pieces of paper a long time ago that said I wanted to be a member of this church, and, and I'm still not a member. And so I said, Miss D, you know, I didn't get that. And, and to my recollection, I still don't remember getting that. Now, I've got pretty efficient people at church, so it's probably just me that lost it, you understand. So I said, Miss D, let's, get, let's do it this Sabbath. She said, okay, that will be perfect. Now, you understand, we've been studying with Miss D for quite some time. And uh, here we are. This is on a Wednesday. We do a Bible study Wednesday at noon. Do you realize that there are some people that can't come to a prayer meeting at night because they can't see at night? Did you know that? So why not have a prayer meeting at noon anyway? So we have a Bible study at noon, and then we have special D time from 1.30 to 2.30. And uh, during that special D time, the people from the noon Bible study are there. So we have Miss Betty, we have Mr. Jeff, we have Miss Barbara, we have Miss Nancy, we have Mr. Bob, we have Miss Annette, we have Miss Betty. We have all these people. Four of those that I just told you the names of aren't even Seventh-day Adventists. And here is Miss D. And I said, Miss D, we are going to do a Bible study today. My friends, we're going to do a Bible study today that I guarantee you, you have never heard. And we did a Bible study on adornment. And uh, at the end of that Bible study, Miss, I said, Miss D, let's go in my office. We need to talk. We need to talk. She says, okay, let's go in your office. So we go in the office, and there we are. And I said, Miss D, you know, I have a confession to make. She said, yeah, Pastor Scott, what's that? I said, I, we did that Bible study today just for you. She said, Pastor Scott, I just want you to know that I am so glad that God brought me to this church 
I just heard the voice of God speaking to me during that Bible study. And Pastor Scott, don't you worry. I'm not going to wear this stuff anymore. She heard the voice of God. How is it that you and I hear the voice of God? You and I spend time in this book called the Bible. Jesus said that my sheep will hear my voice. They will respond to Jesus. John tells us that those that share this three angels' messages know the Lamb. And he tells us that those that share this three angels' messages in Revelation chapter 14, not only do they know the Lamb, but they can hear the voice of the Lamb. Now some people will say, well, I've never heard the voice of the Lamb. Have you ever been in a situation where you were doing something and you knew what you were doing was wrong. Has this ever happened to you? Has this ever happened to you at home? You know what you're hearing? The voice of God. God Himself is speaking to us. I wonder what our lives would be like if we responded to that voice. Let's go back now to Revelation, the 14th chapter. Those that share this three angels' messages, number one, they know the Lamb. Number two, they know the voice of the Lamb. Here we are, Revelation chapter 14 and verse 3. Although I would like to read the last part of verse 2 because you have harp in there three times. And I heard the voice of the harpers harping with their harps. Then it goes down to verse 3. And it says, And they sung as it were a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the hundred and forty and four thousand which were redeemed from the earth. John says here that those that know the Lamb, those that hear the voice of the Lamb are singing a song. Now, I don't know how it is with you and your spouse. Uh, my wife isn't here, so I'm going to tell on us. You understand? I'm going to tell on us. If my wife, if I start singing a song in the car, and my wife doesn't join me within the first two measures, I know something is wrong. Does this happen to you? I mean, you start singing, you're driving down the road, you start singing, and, and your kids in the back start singing, but your, your, your other half isn't singing. You know that something is amiss. John says right here that I heard them singing a song. Dear heart, it is time for you and I to be very excited about what Jesus has done for us. We are not sad ventists. You and I have the best news to share with the world of any other Protestant denomination on the face of this planet. Dear heart, you are seventh day. You believe in all ten of the commandments. Adventists, you do believe that Jesus Christ is coming very, 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 say this word with me, very soon. What are we doing with our time? You know, in, in my life, I've made it my goal, my family's goal, is to just try to reach as many people, whether we're in a restaurant, whether we are at Walmart, whether we are at Publix, whether we are at a farmer's market selling the, the gazoogle dozen eggs that we get all of the time, we are working on sharing the gospel with everybody that we meet. Some people say to me, I'm scared of you. I say, why? 
they said, because you're too happy. Why wouldn't we be happy? We, number one, know the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. We have heard his voice and our lives have responded to that pleading voice of God that says, follow me and I will make you fishes of men. My friends, you and I are in a most envious boat to be paddling. Hmm. If Christianity is not a joy to you, we need to talk. Yeah, you laugh. It's fun, ain't it, brother? Yeah, I feel the laughter. I feel you. My friends, we, we, we should be the most excited people on the face of this planet. We're not going to be here very much longer. Isn't that exciting? Wouldn't you like to take other people to the place that you are going? John says they were singing a song. The joy that they had in their hearts was overflowing. You and I learned already in Matthew 1, 2, 3, 4, Matthew 12, 34, that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth does what? The mouth speaks. You want to know what's going on in somebody's heart? You just listen to them tell you some stories, and you will know exactly what's going on in their hearts. Those that are singing have the joy of the Lamb. Those that are singing are going to the kingdom and they know it. My friends, many of us are so concerned about whether or not we are saved, we wonder if Jesus really did the job he came to do. Shouldn't we just accept the gift that God has given to us? Once we know Jesus, we hear his voice, and we accept that gift of salvation, you and I are the, you know, at church, (laughs) I thought about doing it right here, but they told me I probably shouldn't. I just ran and I jumped and I clicked my heels before I landed on the floor. They thought that was pretty impressive back home. I didn't break anything, you understand. We should be, we should be jumping up and clicking our heels. We should be the most excited people telling Jesus, telling them that Jesus is coming soon. That all of this misery, all of this sickness, all of this cancer, all of this, these headaches that we have, all of the aches and pains that we have, all of this is coming to a Blessed end. John said they were singing. Then he goes on in verse 4, Revelation chapter 14 and verse 4. He says this. Revelation 14 verse 4 says, These are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. The verb form here, one more, the verb form here, for they are virgins, gives the implication that they were not always pure, which is what virgin is a symbolic word for. They were not always pure, but now they are. Understand this, friends, you and I meet Jesus. We understand He takes away the sin that is in our lives. We respond to His voice. We are jumping up and clicking out. I can't do it that way. I don't know why. I've tried, but it just doesn't work. We are jumping up and down because we are happy about what Jesus has done for us. And the Bible says right here in verse 4 that you were not always pure, but now you are. 
Now you tell me right now, which one of you made yourselves pure? Mm -mm. You and I are rejoicing. We are singing a song because we hear the voice of the Lamb and we know that He has taken away our sin and we can live a life of just, just externally and internally living to please the captain of our salvation. The Bible has this testimony of Enoch in Hebrews chapter 11. I think it's verse 6. Let's just go there real quick. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. Nope, verse 5 is what we want. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 5 says this. It says, by faith... Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he did what? That he pleased God. Wouldn't you love it if that verse had your name in it? My friends, all you and I have to do to please God is to accept the sacrifice of His Son, Jesus. When you and I see Jesus hanging on the cross, you and I are compelled just to say, Jesus, what will you have me do? I'll tell you, some people come up to me and they say, you know, you've got to do A, B, C, D in order to be saved. I said, I don't got to do nothing. I get to do things for Jesus. It's a whole shift in our attitude is what we need. Some people say our young people are, are flocking out of this church. That's because our young people have taught that if they don't measure up, they have no hope. My friends, not one of us measure up in this room. And the moment we think we measure up, we just failed. Isn't that true? They know the Lamb. John says they understand the Lamb. They know the voice of the Lamb. They respond to that voice and they sing a song. They're excited. Jesus has saved me. And even though I am not pure, God has saved me. Some people want to get into a debate about this. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8 that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. John chapter 3 and verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Do you know what the next verse says? For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that through Him the world might be what? saved. That is the reason Jesus came. Jesus came to save people that were sinners. Our prerequisite for salvation is that we have failed God. And all of a sudden we hear this testimony of Enoch. Enoch had this testimony that he pleased God. My friends, Enoch was a sinner. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But God was so pleased with the life of Enoch. Enoch had responded. I'm going to kneel down and get your cameras ready. Enoch had responded responded and said Lord what can I do for you and God says I'll tell you what you can do for me Enoch you know let's walk together a little while the testimony of scripture is that for 300 years Enoch walked with God and I like to just dramatize this a little bit I figure Enoch and God are walking along one day on year 
299, day 359. In the Bible, you understand there's 360 days to a year. And God says, you know what, Enoch? I've got a special invitation for you. How about tomorrow when we go for a walk? Instead of having dinner at your place, let's go to my place. And I don't know if you just got goosebumps, but I can imagine that Enoch, all the way down his spine, the hair just stood up. Go to God's house. If I go to God's house and I eat with God, I'm never coming back. God wants me to go to his house. Jesus said in John 14, I've got a place for you. I've got a place for you. And I've got a place for you. And I've got a place for you. And those of you at home, God has a place for you. God says, walk with me. I understand you don't have 300 years. Walk with me. And I will give you an eternity. The 300 years that Enoch had on earth will pale in comparison to what God is going to give to us in the heavenly Canaan. Knowing the Lamb. Responding to His voice. Singing the song of the Lamb. Realizing that we were not always what God has made us to be today. You know, in our ministry back in Lady Lake, Florida, and Leesburg, Florida, I get to pastor two churches in Florida Conference, and I am praying, I'm begging God that they never move me. I mean, we are just having so much fun in ministry there. My wife picks up all of these young ladies and one young man for Sabbath school. Sometimes my wife has to make two trips to pick up kids. We're, we're sort of wondering why we bought a five-seater rather than an, an eight-seater, you know. So if you've got an Odyssey van that you want to donate to us, we'll be happy to, to pick up kids in that. Now, I don't know if I could do that, but I did it. Uh, my church is a 501c3 organization. Tax deductible. We won't sell it for at least two years. You know the routine, right? Uh-huh. The Bible said that these are they which were not defiled with women. They were not always perfect, but God is taking them on a journey and they are walking together. These young people that come to our church, I mean, some of them are just as raw as raw gets. Their parents don't really wake up and feed them breakfast. If it weren't for school, they wouldn't get lunch. One little boy, my wife brings cut up apples to church because she knows that that little boy didn't get much of a breakfast that morning. There are so many ways that you and I can live out the life of a Christian. Won't you start picking up some kids in your neighborhood? Forget the liability. Just pick them up. Bring them to church and treat them like kings and queens. Treat them like princes and princesses. My wife brings these young ladies to our home and they do sewing classes. Okay, so you don't sew on Sabbath afternoon, but these little girls come to my house and they sew with my wife on Sabbath afternoon. They come to our farm and they, it's, it gets close to sundown and Melanie says, well, we need to take you all home. And they're like, can't we just stay here through tomorrow? My friends, what does Christianity look like in your life? 
What does it look like? John would say, Christianity for me, John says, is knowing who the Lamb is, responding to the Lamb's voice, hearing people singing because they know the Lamb, and recognizing that not one of us have walked with God long enough. Not one. Then it says here in verse 5, it says, and in their mouth was found no guile. Their lives are completely transparent. There's no deceit. There's no, uh, what word would you use to describe bitter anger that just piles up for years? You pick your word. None of it's there. Because these people have taken the life of the Lamb and they've said, Jesus, Jesus, would you clothe me? And so Jesus takes off their filthy rags and, and pretend this isn't a filthy rag anymore. And he, he, he slips on his coat and he, he helps you. You ever been to a clothing store? Don't you like it when the guys stand behind you and they, or the lady stands behind you and they lift up the, the jackets you can put it on? Don't you like that? Jesus says, let me help you put this righteousness on. Let me help you do this because all of your righteousness is as filthy rags. John. John, really? All I need to do, John, is to understand the sacrifice of the Lamb. To see a compassionate God. To take that compassion and, and to live that compassion out as I hear His voice tell me to live the life of a Christian in my own sphere. You know, we got a neighbor up the street. His name is Belden. I don't, I don't change names really to protect the guilty I just use them, you know. They're, they're my friends. They, uh, they talk about me, I'm sure. One day, if they don't, they should, because I talk about them all the time. If they ever get any of the recordings, I'm going to be in big trouble. So Belden lives up the street, uh, two doors up from us. You, un you understand, we live on 11 acres. My neighbor has 10 acres. Belden has 20 acres next door to us. So when I say next door, it's up the road. So... One day I go up the road just to, just to hang out with Belden. Belden, how you doing? He said, Scott, I just found out that my dad died. I said, Belden, doesn't sound like you're doing too good. He said, no, I'm not. I said, Belden, is there anything we can do? He said, Scott, I'm, I'm going to go up to my dad's funeral, and I need somebody to take care of my horses. Belden has 16 horses. I said, Belden, you got it. I'll take care of your horses. You'll do that? I said, you got it, man. I'll do it. Anything else we can do, Belden? No. Just take care of my horses. I said, you got it. What do I need to do? He goes through the routine. He's like, if you need to use the tractor, use the tractor. But I hope you don't have to use the tractor because it's my tractor. You understand, people in the country are weird about their tractors. One of my neighbors said, hey, you can't borrow my tractor to bush hog your yard, but I'll come bush hog it for you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll see you when you're done. No. Belden goes to his family. He comes back. It wasn't maybe six, eight months later. I just go up to Belden's house and say, Belden, how you doing? He said, Scott, my mama just died. 
He said, Belton, I want to pray with you. He said, Scott, you know I have people come up here to my house and they tell me they want to pray with me and they tell me that I can't pray because I don't know God. He said, but you, you're my friend. If you want to pray, go for it. I said, well, Belton, typically what I do when I pray is I close my eyes. You do whatever you want to do, but I'm going to... And he's leaning on his fence. You know, he's got this fence and he's got the horse wire. It's not that wire the horse's hoof can get caught in. And he's leaning on the fence. I'm leaning on the fence beside him. And I said, Belden, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. I took my cowboy hat off because sometimes I wear those things. And uh, I kind of like wearing it, to tell you the truth. Belden saw me take my hat off. Belden took his hat off. Punched his hand in his hat. And I said, God, my friend Belden is hurting. Please help him. Please be with him. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Belden looked over at me. He looked back down at the ground. He said, God, if you can hear anybody's prayer, thank you for hearing Scott's. What do you do in your life as a Christian? Are we so Adventist that people don't get the joy of Jesus spilt on them? Are we so in our own little world that we are not out rubbing shoulders with the very people that Jesus came to save? How is it in your life, man? Where, where's the transparency in your life? I went up to Belden one day. I said, Belden, I got a lame horse. And I ain't never put down a horse before, Belden. I get a sick chicken, that's one thing. But Belden, I've never... I've never put down a horse. Belden's had horses for years. He comes up, he comes over to the house, and he's like, yes, yeah, Scott, this, this isn't good. It's not going to get better. I said, Belden, can you help me put this horse down? Belden said, Scott, for you, I'll do this. So he put my horse down. It's actually my wife's horse. Beautiful, thoroughbred, dappled gray. Gorgeous horse. Belden came over to my house and put a horse down for me. Who are you witnessing to in your life? Do people hear Jesus when you speak? My friends, we have a book in the vernacular in the vernacular of the young people today, this book is off the chain. This book is tight. This book contains what this world needs. And you and I have a treasure that doesn't need to be hidden. We need to pull it out. And we need to say, my friend, let me, let me live a Christian life around you. You don't really say those words, but you live that life. God is depending on us. He could reach His object in saving sinners without us. But in order for us to develop a character like His, a character that loves to see people give their hearts and their lives to Him, He calls us to walk with Him. Is it your desire to be one of those that walks with the Lamb?
Let's pray, shall we? Father in heaven, this evening, Lord, for me, I feel that you have spoken to my heart. I feel that you have touched my life in a deep way. And Lord, I want to live my life for you even more. Bless us, Father. Give us the courage we need. We are going to leave this place, Lord, and we're going to go back to where we work. We're going to go back to the people that we rub shoulders with every day. And I pray, Father, that you, that you will allow people to see Jesus in us. Give us a Belden, Father. Give us a Dean Reed. Give us a Miss Sue. Give us the other family down the road. Father, may we have a huge impact in the lives that we encounter every day. This we beg of you, Jesus, in your name. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.